Chapter 13 And I saw a beast rising out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads, with ten diadems on its horns and blasphemous names on its heads. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard, its feet were like a bear's, and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. And to it the dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority. One of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed, and the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, for he had given his authority to the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast, and who can fight against it? And the beast was given a mouth uttering haughty and blasphemous words, and it was allowed to exercise authority for forty-two months. It opened its mouth to utter blasphemies against God, blaspheming His name and His dwelling, that is, those who dwell in heaven. Also it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them, and authority was given it over every tribe and people and language and nation, and all who dwell on earth will worship it, everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world, in the book of life of the Lamb who was slain. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is to be taken captive, to captivity he goes. If anyone is to be slain with the sword, with the sword must he be slain. Here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. Then I saw another beast rising out of the earth, it had two horns like a lamb, and it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence, and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast, whose mortal wound was healed. It performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people. And by the signs that it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on earth telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast, so that the image of the beast might even speak and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. Also it causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead, so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark that is, the name of the beast, or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred and sixty-six. Revelation Chapter 13 13 verse 1. Chapter 13 introduces us to two great beasts, one beast rising up out of the sea, and one out of the earth or land, that is, the land of Israel. There is no doubt that these beasts symbolize men who will play prominent roles during the tribulation period. They combine the features of the four beasts of Daniel 7 verses 3 to 7. The first beast is the head of the revived Roman Empire, which will exist in a ten-kingdom form. He rises out of the sea, a type of the Gentile nations. He has ten horns. Daniel predicted that the Roman Empire would be revived in a ten-kingdom form, Daniel 7 verse 24. He has seven heads. In 17 verses 9, 
10 These are said to be seven kings, a possible reference to seven different types of rulers or seven different stages of the empire. He has ten diadems on his horns. These speak of the power to rule, which was given to him by the dragon, Satan. He has a blasphemous name on his heads, and he makes claims for himself as if he were God and not a mere man. 13 verse 2. The beast is like a leopard, his feet like a bear's, and his mouth like a lion's. In Daniel 7, the leopard symbolizes Greece, the bear is a type of Medo-Persia, and the lion represents Babylon. The revived Roman Empire thus resembles its predecessors in that it is swift to conquer like a leopard, powerful as a bear, and greedy as a lion. In short, it combines all the evil features of the preceding world empires. The empire and its ruler receive supernatural strength from Satan. 13 verse 3. The beast has a mortal wound in one of its heads. Schofield explains, fragments of the ancient Roman Empire have never ceased to exist as separate kingdoms. It was the imperial form of government which ceased, the one head wounded to death. The deadly wound is healed. In other words, the empire is revived with an emperor as head, namely, the beast. 13 verse 4. The beast is worshipped by men. They are not only amazed at him, they actually worship him as God. They also worship the dragon. 13 verses 5, 6. The beast makes proud boasts and utters unspeakable blasphemies. He is allowed to make war, NKJV margin, for 42 months. He speaks with callous irreverence against God's name, his tabernacle, and the hosts of heaven. 13 verse 7. He makes war with God's people and overcomes many of them. They die rather than submit to him. His rule extends over all the world, the last world empire, before Christ's reign. 13 verse 8. Those who are not true believers readily worship the beast. Because they never trusted Christ, their names were never written in the book of life of the Lamb. And because their names are not found among those of the redeemed, they are given over to error. They would not believe the truth, now they believe a lie. 13 verse 9. This should be a warning to everyone to accept the light of God's word when it is available. The consequence of rejecting light is to have light denied. 13 verse 10. True believers are assured that their persecutors shall go into captivity and be killed with the sword. This enables the saints to wait in patience and faith. 13 verse 11. The second beast is another prominent figure of the tribulation period. He works in close cooperation with the first beast, even organizing an international campaign for the worship of the first beast and of a huge idol representing the Roman emperor. The second beast comes up out of the earth or land. If the land of Israel is in view, then this leader is almost surely a Jew. He is the false prophet, see 16 verse 13, 19 verse 20, 20 verse 10. He has two horns like a lamb, giving the appearance of gentleness and harmlessness, but also suggesting that he impersonates the Lamb of God. He speaks like a dragon, indicating that he is directly inspired and empowered by Satan. 13 verses 12 to 14. He exercises all the authority of the first beast, meaning that the Roman emperor gives him unlimited authority to act on his behalf. He has supernatural powers, even causing fire to fall from heaven. The purpose of his miracles, of course, is to deceive the people into worshipping a man as God. 13 verse 15. 
He gives animation to the great image, the abomination of desolation, so that it can actually speak. The penalty for refusing to worship it is death. 13 verse 16. The second beast insists that people indicate their allegiance to the Roman emperor by wearing the mark of the beast on their right hand or on their foreheads. 13 verse 17. In addition to this mark, the beast has a name and a mystical number. Unless a person takes the mark, name, or number of the beast, he will not be able to buy or sell. It is an effort to force men by economic means to forsake Christ for idolatry. This will be a severe test, but true believers will prefer death to renouncing their Savior. 13 verse 18. The number of the beast is 666. 6 is the number of man. The fact that it is one less than seven may suggest that man has fallen short of the glory or perfection of God. The three sixes are a trinity of evil. One of the biggest questions raised in connection with chapter 13 is whether the first or second beast is the Antichrist. Basically, the argument for the first being the Antichrist is that he insists on being worshipped as God. Those who hold that the second beast is the Antichrist point out that no Jew would ever accept a Gentile as Messiah, and that since the second beast is a Jew, he must therefore be the false Messiah.